0: Gospel of Mark, please, for our reading this morning, chapter 6, in our time in the Word. I am so honored, delighted that you have come to the house of the Lord today. I'm always honored that God would bring people to the house of the Lord so that we could celebrate His Word and I can have the chance to obey Him through His Word. It's an honor to bring the Word of the Lord, but it's a greater honor that we are together as His children in purpose and faith. I want to just highlight, if you will, in light of our ceremony next Sunday, are part of our service with groundbreaking. We will not have our membership opportunity class this Wednesday, no membership opportunity next Sunday because of our desire to give priority to our groundbreaking ceremony. So I will announce after the revival another membership class at a given date in August and another opportunity then. So I want you to just continue to pray again like Pastor Darrell said. For the season of revival to begin before the Sunday of revival begins. We have a wonderful lineup of great men of God, but the, need, the greatest need is for God to be in our lives, transforming and delivering and healing. This will be the final of a series of sermons entitled I Never Thought I'd See Today. And I want to begin reading from verse 34. And Jesus, when He came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. Because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat but he answered and said to them you give them something to eat and they said to him shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat and he said to them how many loaves do you have go and see and when they had found out they said five and two fish Hallelujah. then he commanded them to make them sit all to all sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. Can I get an amen? amen. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. What I'd like to say before you pray for me this morning is I never thought I'd see today. When Satan would convince so many people that the days of miracles are over. I want to build a case this morning for this thought. Next slide, if you will. I want to build this case for this lesson today. I want to ask God to create in the hearing of this word the atmosphere for a miracle. I was almost very reluctant to use this passage in Mark's gospel about the loaves and fishes because we we know it so well. It's been preached so many times. And and, and it's one of the most uh, used and quoted and cited miracles of that ministry of Jesus. But there are principles therein that help us to have an atmosphere for what we need. I don't know of anybody here this morning, and and if you are here and you are that person, God bless you, but I don't know of anybody here who doesn't need a miracle from God. If that would be you, would you say amen? If that would be you, would you raise your hands to the Lord and just just invite Him to anoint me and to anoint you? Come on, let's create the atmosphere by just inviting Him now to honor His Word as He's already honored this worship thus far. Father, I thank You, Lord, for the brothers and sisters of faith here today. I thank You for everyone who might be visiting. I thank You for this Lord's Day on July 15, 2012. And I pray, O God, that the angels of God would encamp among us. Amen, church. I pray, oh God, that the glory of God would just descend from heaven. You'd open up the heavens, God, and you'd let your glory descend from there in here where we are. I pray God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost would move among us in this church. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. Lord, I rebuke principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places off this property and off our lives. I rebuke the way the devil would mesmerize or deceive or lie to us today. And I pray, oh God, for Faith to arise. Give me an amen, church. I pray that faith would arise, resurrection power would arise in our lives. Some need you for a marriage. Some need you for money. Some need you in raising kids. Some need you because of depression or anxiety or panic attacks. Some need you for healing of their body. Some need you for a car, a house, an apartment. Some need you for deliverance from bondage and captivity. Oh God, I thank you that whatever we need you for, the days of miracles are still in these times. Arise among us, oh God, arise in us and transform us by your word in Jesus' name. Would you say amen? And amen it is. Thank you for being seated in the presence of the Lord. You might, if you will, keep your Bibles open for the teaching this morning in this text. There are various reasons why people might give up on the possibility of their miracle. Just to get right to the heart of it. A matter of fact, there was some wrestling in my spirit about whether I should bring you this lesson or not. Because of the atmosphere of the world and the atmosphere even in the church. About this business of miracles. I suppose that among the reasons why people might give up on their miracle. Might be number one, the duration of the illness or trouble which they are suffering or encountering. It's one thing to be sick for a few days. It's another thing to be sick for several months or a few years. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's one thing to go through a storm that lasts only a few uh, hours, but it's another thing to have a storm after a storm after a storm. And after a while, if you're going through an illness long enough or you're going through a storm long enough or marriage issues or children issues or financial issues and it's week after week and month after month and even now is into its first year. There is something that will come up in your spirit that will say to you because of the length of this suffering or this predicament, maybe it's my lot in life. So you give up on your miracle. Perhaps another reason why there are those who give up on a miracle would be the intensity of suffering or difficulty. Can I get a witness if that's kind of in the way you've walked? Uh, what I, I say to you, the initial onslaught of the affliction or the suffering or, or the attack or the persecution or, or whatever, uh, we think, well, okay, it's it's pretty strong and it's intense, but it's going to surely subside. Can, can I get an Amen. You know, the the unique things about a hurricane that make them so devastating is that in the the hurricane, in the middle of a severe hurricane, there's what is called the eye of the storm. And and I'm not trying to be a meteorologist meteorologist here, but I'm trying to just learn from what I've I've been taught. Okay, so we know that in a hurricane the the span and the the vastness of the hurricane can be for multiple miles, in east, west, north, and south of a hurricane. But there in the middle of a hurricane, there's a calm. There's a, a place where there's no cloud. There's a place where there's, maybe it could be a Mile wide, it could be five miles wide in circumference and radius, but you could even look up. There's no more rain, there's no more wind. The sky is blue, and it looks like the worst of this thing is over. Let's go back to reconstruction. But given about three or four hours or less time, the eye moves away, and the remainder of the storm comes in. And it seemed like the latter part of the storm is worse than the first because stuff's already been battered and bruised and damaged. That's the way it is with life sometimes. And the devil, can I get an amen? I've gone through this. And I think the worst is over. But next thing now you know that that you have uh, moved on in your life and you thought things are going to be better. But the devil shows up again. Help me preach here somebody. I have given my tithe and my offerings. I've obeyed God and he's helped me out in this situation. And now the next time I find myself in a greater debt or greater financial need. And because of the duration or the intensity of our suffering. We say maybe, maybe there's no miracle for me. I need to hurry to tell you that I believe there's a third reason why people give up on their miracle. And that's because of unanswered prayers. Prayers not answered yet. Or prayers not answered in the context of how we hoped that they would answer, be answered. I have often wondered about that. I, I, I wish that I have preached enough and studied the Bible enough and been to school enough that I could have you more answers than I have. But my answer is, I don't know. But my answer also is, I know who knows, and I know he who knows will take care of all things. I've got to tell you that I've preached enough and studied enough and gone through life enough to tell you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have got to tell you that at age 55, I've been through some battles, some storms, through adversity. It's the question marks in my life why God is not answering this prayer or didn't answer it like I asked Him. But if I'd hold on, it's like you sang this morning, if I would hold on and I would trust God, He may not give me complete revelation right now, but He will reveal. Feel to me what I need to know when I need to know it. And I have understood that still all things still work together for good. For them that love God and are called according to His purpose. My business is to hold on, pray, believe and never give up. I have wondered why we rolled a casket down to the front of this church and conducted a funeral over a man that I prayed would be healed. I have wondered why hasn't this press answered like I wanted it? I have wondered why after counseling with couples for several hours and many couples in the last 27 years, why some of these marriages anyhow go ahead and end up in divorce and conflict. I have wondered why I have stood beside the intensive, in the intensive care unit by the, the, the loved one, a, a mother, a father, a husband, a wife and why God didn't completely raise them up. And, and if you wonder about those things too long and let your mind get on the present circumstance, fear will rise up and doubt will rise up and the devil will say, God doesn't answer prayers, miracles are over, go on your way and do the best you can. But I'm telling you again, I want you to understand, I'm not here to tell your story alone, I got a few stories of my own. I have under understood that God doesn't owe me any explanation. I have understood that God, some you call away and, and what better way to, 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 to spend the rest of my healing than in heaven. Can I get an amen? I understood that these bodies are mortal and some God will call away at age 50 or 60 or 70. God is in control and I'm just going to trust Him and I'm going to believe Him for my miracle today just as much as I believe Him for the past unanswered prayers sometimes and and then there are those who give up on a miracle because of the lack of preaching and teaching on the subject of miracles there, there have been a, a school of thought in, in, in Christianity that has long been in, too long been in existence that says that the days of miracles were over at the end of the age of the apostles after the day of pentecost and and the uh, outpouring of the holy ghost And the book of Acts, when the apostles went all over preaching and teaching the gospel because you remember Jesus told them in Acts 1 and 8 you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth and you remember that upon the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 how God gave them power and boldness and, and people were healed and demons were cast out and they even people who couldn't get to the praying and, and couldn't get to the apostles they would distribute handkerchiefs and aprons and other kinds of things that the apostles would Pray over, anoint with oil and send it out to the sick and they would recover. And the book of Acts is full about revival and about miracles and about the growing of what we know as the early church. But then there are preachers and teachers who say, now that dispensation is over and God's not doing miracles anymore. I don't believe that. I don't believe it because I believe the entire Bible and I believe through my own experiences and yours that Jesus is still the same yesterday, today and forever. So I'm going to take a, a very little simple, uh, a simple not in the sense of, uh, uh, of its magnitude, but, but something in the sense of our understanding. This illustration, this true account, this, this, this miracle of Jesus, and talk to you about the atmosphere of miracles. And pray to God that before you leave here this morning, you have gotten yours. Amen. Can I get another amen? amen. Pastor, what, what is the climate and the atmosphere for a miracle? It's when it's too late for us. Now look at Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 35, I take text. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place. And the hour is already, what? Late. Late. This large crowd that has been following you all day, Jesus, because they hear your words and they hear your teaching, and it's unlike any other teacher. Your teaching, your words, your wisdom is spelled by me. And they they Oh, God, give the church this kind of passion again. Give us the passion where we'd rather have more of the Word of God than we would have uh, the, the gratification of our flesh with the loaves and fishes. Can I get an amen, somebody? That's what revival is about, and that's what I need right now. God, what, what, what I need in my life, and I pray that maybe some others feel the same way, oh, God, we don't have a greater need for groceries as bad as we have a need for your glory and for your anointing. Can I get an amen? God, I want to go to church where your Word is riveting to me. I, I, I want to come to the house of god i want the music i want the worship i want the praise but i want to get into the i want to hear what jesus is saying i want to hear it on monday morning when i have my devotions i want to cut off the talk show on the way home from work like i listen to every day and there's no crime in it but i want to have me a little private prayer place in my car because i want to hear what the holy ghost would say to me today They had followed him all day. There there was was no breakfast. There was no lunch. And dinner time was there. And the disciple says, send them away, verse 36, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread. For they have nothing to eat. Too late. The hour is late. How many times the devil told you it's too late? You see, miracles happen when in the natural it's too late. When, when the time to have a child has passed because of the nature of the womb and the, and the fertilization and, the, uh, and, and such, the, the, the time has passed. Ask Abraham and Sarah. He was 100 and she was 90. Now, I'm not praying God will do you an Abraham-Sarah thing because I see some of your eyes getting real big. Oh, God, thank you for Abraham and Sarah. Just leave me alone. But, but there are those... Who are praying, God, I I want you to bless me. I I want you to, uh, in in the natural, time is late, but, but it's never too late for you, God the sun had already set and the boat was already on the sea of Galilee Jesus was on the other side in a mountain praying it was late at night he says boys you are going over you take the boat you cross over the sea of Galilee to which you are accustomed of rowing and sailing you don't need me you all have navigated those waters in the daytime in the noontime at night time you go on over and, and I'll catch up with you later they didn't, have, they didn't know how he would catch up with them but they started over about nine o'clock at night and they started rowing and a cloud blew in. The, 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 the moonlight was hidden. The, the starlight was hidden. And when the cloud blew in, there was no navigation by star or by moon. And the storm began to come in. And a little boat with a little sail began to toss. The waves got tempestuous. Water began coming into the boat. They took their little pails and buckets and they cried Oh God, help us. We're going to drown there. Even though we are experiencing fishermen and sailors we've never been in a storm like this and the water is coming in and the sail is being torn looks like it's too late for us all of a sudden A ghost-like apparition appeared on the stormy water. Somebody help me preach. I know you've heard this before, but I'm telling it again because this is real. A ghost-like apparition appeared about a hundred yards off of the bow of the storm-tossed little vessel. And they thought to themselves, my God, here we are. The storm is so bad and now we're seeing ghosts. How many know it can be so late you start seeing things? I feel a glory coming on. You see, sometimes I come to this pulpit for you, but many times I just come for myself. And I need a myself blessing right now. I'm telling you, I need a little bit more faith. And I'm here, but i matura. And if you get some leftovers, then that's fine with me. Oh, mama, I'm seeing things. And when it got a little closer, Jesus said, be not afraid, it is I. What do you mean it is I? Who is I in Jesus? He is God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Ghost. Somebody help me here. My Lord, I got a lot of miracles going through my mind. I won't have time to preach it all. Peter says, if it's you, put down his bucket. Forgot about the storm. Forgot about the wind. Forgot about not navigating. If it's you, Jesus, bid me to come to you. Oh, help me, Lord. And Jesus said, come on. He got, uh, one of these days, I'm going I'm to walk right out of this pulpit. Just keep on walking, but i hitting the ground. I feel so annoyed that sometimes I'm liable to try it. We got, we got a chiropractor here this morning. He'll help me out if I'm in the flesh. Come on, help me here, somebody. Oh, Peter got out of the boat and he started walking, expecting to drown. And he started walking on the water. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he kept on walking. All I'm here to say to you, if you will keep your eyes on Jesus, if you'll keep your prayer life and your Bible reading and your love for the Lord, it's never too late. I got to hurry. In a chapter before the chapter of our text, there's a man by the name of Jairus. He's one of the rulers in the synagogue. He's one of the top men in the leadership of the local church, known as the synagogue, the Jewish synagogue. And he he hears Jesus. is coming by the way. But uh, he he has a desperate need, and I won't take a lot of time with it. His little 12-year-old girl is at the point of death. And so he rushes off. He being a ruler, a leader, a spiritual man, a priest of some sort, a man to whom allegiance, obedience, and respect is given comes to jesus you know you got a bad enough need you're gonna swallow your pride come on he comes to Jesus, and instead of he wanting Jesus to call him rabbi and priest and whatever his title was, he falls down on the dirt, on the sand, uh, uh, in that place where Jesus is. And he, and he says to Jesus, oh, my, 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 i got, I got to tell you like he says it. He, he, he says, he begged Jesus earnestly. That'd be chapter 5, verse 23. My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. He does that. Jesus says, I'm going with you. Come on, just show me where you live. Not that he really needed to be shown that he's God. But he goes and the whole crowd goes with him. Along the way, a woman stops Jesus. Because it's been too late for her for so long. She's been suffering for 12 years of a bleeding hemorrhage uncontrollable embarrassing bleeding hemorrhage. And back in those day and time when you had a bleeding or certain kind of diseases that you were considered a social outcast. You didn't come near people. And when you came near people like a leprous person within 50 feet away you'd have to cry out whatever the name of your disease was so people could scatter and they won't catch it. Right now we got hand sanitizers. We hope to take care of that. Twelve years. This woman, and I'm going to preach this miracle while I'm in the middle of it. I won't get past point one, but if you get your miracle, that'll be fine with me. The Bible said she spent all the money she had and was no better, but grew worse. I am not against doctors. I am for doctors. I'm grateful for prescriptions and medicines and doctors. But at best, a doctor will tell you, we don't always know exactly what it is, so we have to practice our, our practice. Can I get an amen? Now granted, none of us want to be the one they practice on. <laughs> Hello? But, but we still need we need, still need to know what will help us the most, so sometimes we try one prescription or the other. The Bible says she spent all she had but grew worse. That's how, the, that's how life is sometimes. And when she heard that Jesus was coming through, she said, if I could touch, help me preach here. That's faith. That's faith. If I could touch the hem of his garment, he don't have to shake my hand. He don't have to anoint me with oil. He don't have to address me face to face and make eye to eye contact. He don't even have to know my name. Can I get an amen? Uh, if I could just touch the hem of his... You know the story. The Bible said she pressed her way through the crowd. I'm preaching in the middle of my preaching. Sometimes we don't get our miracles because we're not willing to press. We're, we're willing to put our prayer requests in a prayer box. we We're willing to put our prayer requests on the internet. We're willing to tell somebody else to pray, but sometimes you got to do some of your own fasting. Sometimes you got to do some of your own praying. Sometimes you got to quote the Bible for yourself. Sometimes you got to thank God for your grandma praying and your pastor praying. But sometimes you got to buckle your knees, bow your heads, and say, "God, I'm not leaving this place until you give me a blessing." Press your way. Somebody say, "Amen." Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I could just imagine all this is coming to me now. She's pressing her way. She's pressing and pushing. And the crowd, everybody wants to touch Jesus. He's in the middle and hundreds are. She's pressing. Woman, get out of the way. He ain't got time for you. you a woman. You're a second-class citizen. You're a diseased woman. Give somebody else a chance, woman. You've been suffering for 12 years. Your days are over. Leave him alone. My business is to make the devil mad. That's what the world will tell you. Ain't it been 12 years? Go ahead and die. They don't tell you that, but that's kind of how... We hear the word cancer and we start buying caskets. Oh, God. Where'd that come from? That's good. I know how severe cancer is. You don't have to hear the word cancer for you to be making plants buy a casket. All of us are going one day, but I ain't ready for it to be my time. Ah, oh, but she touched him. I said she touched him. Dirt in her face, sand in her mouth, her clothing disheveled. She been kind of stomped on a little bit. She is perspiring, and she don't look comely to stand before the Messiah. But she wasn't there about a public audience. The Bible said, the moment she touched him, Jesus felt, in Jesus felt in his spirit that issue, that power had gone out of him. My and he stopped everything. I said he stopped everything. Who touched me? And the Harvard graduate disciples said... this crowd around you thronging you reaching to get their touch and you going who touched me? Woo! you folks ought to your folks ought to help me preach well, I give you all my I give you this first service I give you my liver my lung and my heart and you ought to pray for me to, for the next service okay I shouldn't be showing out like this I'm getting older for goodness sake but when something gets in my shoes beside my feet when something runs up and down my spine beside sweat it's called the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to leave here changed today. I came to give the devil a black eye. I came to go with Jesus all the way. Have you ever had the devil tell you, see what I've done to your wife, I'll do it to your children? Did you hear me? Have you ever said the devil tell you, see what I've done to your money, I'll do it to you." You ever had him do that? Well, we go kind of crawling off. Okay. I think under this series of sermon, and I'm not saying this for, I'm not trying to garner sympathy, but preaching this series of sermon, being bold and reaching out there, I knew it coming in. If I'd expose the devil, he'd be mad. I know it. I know preaching this series of sermon, I never thought I'd see today and some of the things I had to say. It's like taking a long pole and poking it into a beehive or killer bees. He'd come after you. <laughs> oh, but help me, Jesus. I want to tell you, I also know that you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Everyone that's hungry, let him come to the table. Listen. The whole crowd stopped. Jesus stopped in the middle of the whole thing. I got seven points for this sermon. So did you bring some lunch? Don't worry. We'll multiply. We got some stuff in the the fridge. I'll go as far as he tells me. Listen. Everything stopped. The whole crowd. What's going on? Jesus right here in the middle and a woman right at his feet. The sun is shining. The sky is blue. It's hot. It's desert kind of climate. She's there. She's disheveled. The her mascara is in bad shape. <laughs> Look at them ladies taking out their little deal now. <laughs> I know. They didn't happen back then. I don't think. <laughs> she said, trembling, trembling. Oh, God, he found out. He found out, I touched him, but the Bible said, when she touched him, not only did he knew it, know it, something went out. Oh, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. She knew something came in. He knew something went out. Is that good preaching preacher? Something went out of Jesus and went into her. And the Bible says immediately her hemorrhage, the issue of her blood, stopped. And she knew in her body she was made well. And quivering lips, tear-filled eyes. She, somebody helped her to her feet. I touched you, Lord. And he commended her faith. He didn't say Why did you go ahead of so many people trying to get to me when you should have been in the back of the line? Can I get a... You know what God honors? He honors perseverance. That's where you'll get your miracle. He honors pushing, pressing, perseverance. We do it when we want a good job. We persevere. can I get it? We do it when we want to raise, don't we? We persevere. We do it when we want to buy a boat, when we still owe everybody else we owe and everything we had to have. We persevere. Help me preach here. I'll do it by myself. We do it when we want to win an argument. Bless God, by the time you shut up, I got the point. He'll shut you up. We press in because we want to win the argument. Help me preach, somebody in this church. And I want you to know, if you want demons to leave you alone, if you want the hounds of hell to get off your heel, if you want the fight. Ah, the Holy Ghost to burn in your bones if you want the healing of your body and the saving of your marriage and the joy of the Lord you press in and you push in until you have a face-to-face encounter with the miracle worker give me give me a God bless you unto him all that took time She goes away. All that took time. By the time that finished, somebody comes to Jairus. The man who asked about his 12-year-old daughter about to die. Verse 35, chapter 5. You there? Oh, man. It's hotter in here than it is out there. And it's July. Anybody with me in this? If I could get three or four with me. If I could just get four or five with me. Yes! I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on his way. He has promised. I know, I know. I'm not selling CDs because I sing. I don't even know if I'm selling CDs. Chapter 5, verse 35, somebody find it in your Bible. Find it right now. It ain't on the screen. Y'all need to bring your Bible every Sunday and make sure I'm in the right version. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? You still with me, church? Look at verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken to the man, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Oh, my. God told me to tell you. God told me to tell you his word. He told me to tell you. Do not. Be afraid. Only believe. Because, yes, yes, because if you believe, you shall see the glory. Marlene and Steve, stand right there. Stand up just a minute. Marlene and Steve, stand up just a minute, if you will. You are the million dollar winners. No, I'm just kidding. Stand just a moment longer. Marlene's brother is in Trinidad. His name is Russell Rampaside. You may be seated now. I, wanted, I want to tell the rest of the story. She sent yesterday, she uh, gave me this testimony without a clue. Yeah, thank you, brother. Hey, uh, without a clue, she knew that I was going to preach on miracles. But she sent me this. She sent me this. She gave me said, Pastor, we get a little time. You read this. Pastor Darrell, I think she gave you a copy a little bit. She says this in her email. This is Marlene's account of her brother Ricky Rampasad's healing. My brother, Russell Rampasad, is 49 years old with four children living in Coover, Trinidad, West Indies. Greatest little island God ever made. (laughs) Good things come from strange places, I hope. This is her brother, lives in Trinidad. He contracted a bad case of pneumonia the second week of May of this year. He was admitted and kept in San Fernando Hospital in Trinidad for one month. He was given IV antibiotics, lab work was done, and x-rays were taken. Since January of this year, though his sickness occurred in May, since January of this year, the Lord laid it on my heart, meaning Marlene's sister's, his sister's heart, Marlene, to pray for my brother daily. I continued praying for his healing during this time. The, the first week in June, test results revealed a mass in his lung. His doctors advised him that... His only option was for them to transport him to a more advanced facility on the north side of the island to have an invasively surgical procedure done to remove the mass. This was arranged to occur early Monday morning, June 11th. Ten hours before he was to be transported, the Lord told me, Marlene said, the Lord told me, tell your brother not, with capital letters, N-O-T, not to have the procedure done. I was able to reach my brother right away, somewhat of a miracle, on the cell phone there in the island. I told my brother, do not go through with this procedure. There are serious risks involved. And she enumerated a few of them, blood clots, etc. He could die during the operation. Of course, the doctors did not take kindly to his objections. We continued to pray here, meaning here in the United States. One more x-ray was taken that Monday morning. The results now show that there was capital N, capital O. There was no mass at all in his lungs. Exclamation mark. No mass. At all. No mass at all. His lungs now appear to be cleared and miraculously was this, he was discharged that very day. We believe very much that God healed my brother. My brother also reports that he feels delivered from addictions, one of which was alcohol, during this time in the hospital as well. We are anticipating the Lord to continue to work in my brother's life. I'm here to tell you, even though you are 10 hours or 10 minutes away from the surgery, God says it's never too late to have faith in the power of His healing touch. Oh help me, Holy Ghost! Oh glory to glory to God! Let me let me finish this story. Back to back to Mark's Gospel, chapter five. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Verse thirty-seven, chapter five. And he permitted. This is after the father was told, "Don't bother Jesus. Do not bother Jesus." After the father was told, "Your girl, twelve years old, the apple of your eye, is dead." You know what? I loved our daughters, and I love them now. They have their companions And I don't suppose that I'm telling you Deborah I know I'm spoiling them Even when they got their own husbands to pay their bills But I'll slip them a little something Every once in a while And when I slip it to them I say Pastor Darrell I'm slipping you this To my daughters So you don't throw me in some nursing home And forget me You know what I mean Nothing free. But I do that because I love them. The last three days, this being the fourth day, Lakeland has been in our home and under our care because that's our grandson. He's two years old. Would you like to see a picture? (laughs) His, His father and his mother, they have an assignment. They are in New York City today. They were there since Thursday. Given an assignment by the Church of God Youth Department to minister. And they're ministering, they're ministering, the last few days they're preaching this morning in a church in New York City as part of a youth invasion of certain parts of that city. And I tell you, I love my daughters, but I, I never knew that you could have another greater dimension of love for a child like you do for your grand, grandchild. I used to hear you all tell it, and I thought, you're all crazy, you crazy. I used to think, when will they ever quit telling their grandson, granddaughter story? I heard it 14 times. (laughs) You're saying the same thing to me. Why should I just let you go without telling you how wonderful it is? You know when I have to correct Lakeland like uh, along the way? Because he wants to do everything we do. Lakeland is two now and yes means no and no means yes. How many know about two-year-olds? Yes. Go ahead and say yes. The Bible says when we get older in our adult years and into our senior years, we'll get rebellious too. (laughs) We'll think we can still drive at age 92 some can can't they hear me when i say i uh, i don't think there's anything i wouldn't do for lakeland I, I i some days i want to go to heaven a little more than others because of my yearning and my heart and my whatever you know it's just a good way to want to go to heaven but i'm thinking but i don't want to miss lakeland And to think about a father with a 12-year-old daughter. I didn't, I didn't know what, it could, what joy it would be to have a son in our family, a grandson, because we have daughters that I have, three sisters, and been around the feminine gender outnumbered all my life. <laughs> By women, all my life. My hair is gone because my sisters over the years, we, you know, growing up with them, they tried all kinds of shampoos. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And I just kept using Deborah what was in the shower. Look, 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 look. Never knew what a joy of a of a boy would be. What would you do if you if you were faced with the the uncertain death of a child in your family? Jesus came across the crowd. Of the Jairus' his head hung, hanging low, his hope is gone because the child has been reported dead. And the Jews already start their grieving process. Some of the, in the Jewish culture back then in the time of Jesus would hire professional mourners to express the depth of their loss, really. And there were people who they hired, paid for, brought in, catered to, and they would weep and cry. The Bible said when Jesus came upon his house, the house of the Jairus with his daughter now dead, there was a great tumult, T-U-M-U-L-T, meaning uproar, a, a, a crying, yelling, groaning, grieving. And Jesus said, why are you going through all this commotion? Verse 39, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Then he put all the doubters outside. I said he put all the... Listen to me. I, I'm not getting to the other points. I'm giving you points in this first point. If you want your miracle, don't talk to the wrong crowd. Yeah. Okay? If you want that raise, you want that promotion, you want, and God says to give, and you know that giving might risk your, your own supply, if God tells you to give, don't talk, don't talk to doubters. Don't talk to people who will explain away why you need to suffer, why you're going through this. Don't be like Job. Don't listen to people who are like Job's three friends. Can I get an amen? You remember Job's three friends showed up at, at his house in order to be comforters, and they, they, they were so hopeless. They sat with Job in the, in the yard, and while Job was grieving, for seven days they didn't say a word to Job because they saw de- the death. Saw the depth and the despair And the duration of his suffering They didn't know what to say And when they opened up their mouth They said the wrong things You must have sinned That's why you're going through this Help me preach here You must have offended the orphans You must have kept money from the widows You must have cussed God You must have, You must have done some kind of something That's why you're going through hell You deserve it You be careful who you share your desire For your miracle with Find somebody who will get you by the arms And say with them I'm going with Jesus all the way. All the way. Stand, 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 stand with me. All the way, I'm going with Jesus. Mm-mm. When all the doubters, when all the doubters were dismissed, I'm just preaching in between the sermon. Dismiss doubt. Say that. Dismiss doubt. Say it again. Yeah. Because one of the greatest hindrances to a miracle is doubt. Fear. Go to the doctor. God's not against it. Take the prescription, but but make it, say this ain't gonna be the rest of the way I'm gonna live the rest of my life. I'm going through a season right now. Okay. Work two jobs if you have to right now. Pray for God to give you strength. But this ain't the way I'm gonna be the rest of my life. Dismissed out. When all the doubters were excused, Jesus went with Peter, James, and John, and Mom and Daddy to the little room of this clay house. Went into that room, looked at the child, and said, the words of scripture being in the Greek, telita kuma, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And the Bible says, immediately that girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years old of age, and everybody who witnessed it were overcome with great amazement. I want you this morning, whether I touch you with my hands to pray over you or somebody else, it's not as relevant as you touch Jesus. I want, when I close in prayer in a moment, I invite you for your miracle. Listen, I want you to understand this. Sometimes miracles happen like that. Instantly. Sometimes, snap of a finger. Or sometimes Jesus says, like he said to the lepers, a few of them that he saw in their leprosy, go your way. Your faith has made you whole, and the Bible says, "As they went, they were healed." Please hear me. Another, another, another condition for your miracle—the atmosphere of your miracle—is you don't set conditions on Jesus. Did, did you hear what I said? You don't set condition You don't set a clock for Jesus. You don't set if you. You don't bargain with Jesus. You just let Jesus be Jesus. You love Him. You serve Him. You forgive. You you work. You labor, and you don't set any in his time would you bow your heads please thank you Lord Jesus oh thank you some some here this morning maybe you're just wrestling with this whole Jesus thing well pastor I, I think Jesus was a good teacher and a wise man and a popular perhaps a prophet but I don't see him as God and therein would be the hindrance for your miracle but I would ask you today that if you'd receive him as who he is, he is, was God in the flesh and still is God, that he's right at the right hand of the Father. And if you'd receive him as God of your life and receive your forgiveness, it will begin. The forgiveness of your sins and your name on heaven's book and your gift of eternal life that Jesus gives is the greatest miracle that no politician or preacher or anyone else can give you. Amen, church? So as I pray this morning, if you have need for the miracle of deliverance from sin, from an addictive lifestyle, from bad choices, would you ask the Lord for your miracle this morning as I pray to cleanse you, to wash it. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. And as your heads are and eyes are closed, some of us, some, sometimes, and, and I'm not trying to drag this out, sometimes our miracles are hindered because of how we're living. We're not living right. We're Christians, but we're not living right. There's some hidden stuff. There's some secret stuff. There's some there's some anger. There's some bitterness. There's some strife. There, there there's some uh, there, there's some real there, there's some real issues in us, and, and God wants to get us clean. Can I, God don't give us miracles so we can give the devil the glory. I, I'm saying to you, if if there's any impurity, if there's any if there's condemnation and criticism and fault finding, if you got bitterness in your heart, you're hindering your miracle. Say, God, I want everything to, that obstructs my miracle to be gone. Now lift your hands all up over the church first, all over the house, and begin to begin to give yourself to Him. Prepare yourself. I'm in a moment here. I know what time it is, but but prepare yourself. Ask God to wash us again, to cleanse us again. Come on, open up your mouth loud enough for you to hear yourself, and ask God to let to, to remove doubt right now. Say, God, I want to press my way like the woman with the hemorrhage. God, I want to believe like Jairus and run to Jesus. God, I ask you to forgive me for trying to put conditions on you for my miracle come on church god i ask you to forgive me for thinking it's too late i ask you god forgive me for for denying your word god in the name of jesus touch south metro ministry right now this morning come on praise him with me i believe you lord now begin after you've asked him to cleanse now begin to thank him for whatever you need lift up your hands raise your voice tell him if it's your body I need a miracle. Come on. Say, God, I need my miracle this morning. My God, if it's your... My Lord, I pray. I pray for the the miracle. Come on, help me praise Him. Cancer. I rebuke cancer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I I rebuke heart disease. I rebuke carotid arteries. I rebuke herniated discs. Come on, somebody call it out. Tell, Tell God exactly what you need. Call it out by name. I rebuke, oh God, Alzheimer's. I rebuke Parkinson's. I rebuke Crohn's disease. I rebuke migraine headaches. I rebuke sickness of the intestines and of the colon. Come on, help me pray. Oh God, for the men who have sickness in their bodies that are unique to the masculine gender, prostate cancer. I rebuke it. For women who have diseases unique to the feminine gender. I rebuke it. Come on, help me pray. Oh, Lord, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by you. Sing it. Sing it. And praise Him, church. Come on. build your faith by praising Him. Lift your hands. get your- Worship and get your miracle. Worship and get your miracle. we are. I am always sensitive about another service coming in, but I didn't accidentally come upon this subject. I didn't accidentally walk among these chairs and in these aisles last night, last evening, praying for miracles to just let you slip out. I got to see, I got to exercise my faith. And for some of you, pressing means that you got to leave the chair and come to the altar pushing, determination. I'm not going to ask anybody to touch you, but Jesus, if you need a miracle, leave from where you are and come to this altar and raise up your hands and just worship God and give Him your love. Come on. All over the church. I don't care if you feel the aisles. I don't care if you feel the... Come up close. Come up close. Raise your hands. And give Him your worship. Press in. Come on. Press in. Make your way from all over. All workers, you can come if you like. Elders and others, you can come. Just stand among them. singing. I'm amazed by you. Come on. Keep coming. Come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Press in. Come on. let's closer. A little closer. Step in. Everybody else. Raise your hands. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe in you. Listen. Right, put your hands down just a moment. I'm only going to float. Put your hands down just a moment. Everywhere you are, look, look, look at me now. Here's the Holy Ghost. Just, just breathe this into me. If you don't tell anybody, you're not subject to be let down, the devil says, because nobody will know. Since God ain't going to answer it. But the Bible says, if two or three agree touching any one thing, it shall be done. I want, I want to begin the process. I want you to, in two or three, I want you to tell somebody You don't have to give details, you don't have to give private content, but I want you to tell somebody this morning, this is the miracle I need. It's real soft. We're going to take one minute to do it. Hold on, get it in your mind. Well, if you've got to have a miracle, you don't have to even get it in your mind. It's on your mind. I want you to tell one or two people, this is what I need. And then after you've told them, take them by the hand and pray with them. I want you to even the praise team, even the choir, all over. I want you to do it. Find either side of you, or at least one person. Encourage somebody in a little circle. Don't I don't want anybody to be left out. Encourage somebody to join you. Go find somebody. Help me out here. Don't don't, don't just look at me like, I, like I'm uh, missing it here. If you need it, even if you don't need it, help somebody who needs it. Just real soft, real soft on the music. Real soft, real soft, real soft. Tell them, tell them, tell them. I need a job. I need a car. My son. My daughter. My marriage. Don't take long. I only got I only got a few seconds. Now pray for them. Brian.